This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal or financial product advice. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Gen Z Money. This week I have Emily on the show. Thanks so much for joining us, Emily. Thanks for having me. This is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we wanted to talk about um, how to land a well-paying job straight out of uni, and I guess just in general, how to become a bit more employable um, while you're studying. So Emily, do you want to give us an introduction to yourself and what you do? Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm Emily on Instagram, Emily Wren, um, and I am from the Gold Coast and I've just finished my finance degree. Um, So I am actually starting a graduate position in a bank next year, but for the time being, I actually work in debt collection and I'm a nanny. So I've kind of started this as a little bit of a COVID side hustle, I guess, just um, a little side project, just talking about money and kind of trying to get people to understand more about financial literacy, which um, I have noticed through my current work is kind of scarce. (laughs) (laughs) And how did you get into finance and what was your motivation behind that? Oh, look, to be honest with you, it wasn't something I actually intended on originally doing. I started actually doing a double degree with law um, and that was kind of what I thought I would move more into doing. But I actually started to really enjoy what I was doing at uni and I kind of just always wanted to, I guess, have a better understanding of finance in general. Like I always feel like it's like this secret hidden world that people don't know about. And to me, I was like, I need to like know about that. Like I want to be financially savvy in my life, but I didn't see it more as a career until I started uni. Um, I really enjoyed law, but I was like, oh, I'm actually better with numbers than I am with, you know, written words especially. And so I decided to just do a break from law for one semester. I was still enrolled, but just did um, finance subjects and I just decided not to go back to law. And yeah, I really enjoyed what I've what I've been doing. Awesome. Yeah. And I think our pathways have been somewhat similar. So you're obviously more in banking um, and I'm in financial planning, but would have studied similar things mm-hmm. at university. So even though we're talking about generally how to be more employable it may be a little skewed towards finance but we're going to try and make sure we're inclusive (laughs) of anyone's career choices yes exactly (laughs) okay cool so let's jump right into it so the first thing that we wanted to talk about in general was networking so how has networking helped your employability at university oh immensely seriously I think networking is one of the most important things that people should be implementing at at uni I think it's so common that people don't actually think about their employability and getting a job they just think you know I'm here to study get as good grades as I can, you know, have fun, party, whatnot. But you really need to do those things and have your eyes on the prize the entire time, which is getting a job. So it's kind of what you like ideally should be looking at through your entire degree from day dot. So for me, I don't think I would have got my position, any of my positions that have been in the industry if it wasn't for networking. Honestly, it's it's really hard to tell who's going to be a great person to have working at your firm or your bank or whatever it's going to be if you've not met them before. And I think it's quite hard to impress people just from paper without them meeting you. So I know for me, for sure, I didn't have crazy good grades. I mean, I had some work experience, but I, I don't know if it would have differentiated me on paper. So for me, I managed to meet so many people. I didn't even know about the job I'm going into. I met, I like met a girl who was doing that and I was like, wow. That sounds amazing at a networking event and that's kind of what led me on that path, I guess. But 
I think without having met people, without putting my face out there and that sort of thing, I would not have got where I am going to be. Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. And I remember um, my idea of networking was very limited when I first started university. And I think in my first year, I went to an official networking event for people in business and I was absolutely terrified. I was like, <laughs> there's all these people in suits. I cannot relate to them. I don't know who to approach if I can approach them but let's talk about different ways of networking so obviously you've got networking events which are pretty standard but what about things that are more intimate like having coffee catch-ups or reaching out to someone directly yeah definitely so I am a big user of LinkedIn and I think LinkedIn is super important like you need to get that set up ASAP if you haven't already Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so I think that people are often quite intimidated by reaching out to people and think oh people are going to think I'm just a silly uni student what are you doing talking to me but people do really generally want to help people and do like talking about themselves and how they got to a particular spot and so I think that if you reach out to people you'll find it more common than not that they are actually happily take you know half an hour an hour out of their day to have coffee with you especially if they're in your um, local area. But I know, for instance, myself going into um, finance, there's a lot more um, banking type finance roles are based in Sydney as opposed to um, being up here in Queensland. And so that's why networking again was so important for me because I only had small opportunities to meet these people when they were in Queensland. But a lot of people I know have actually made the effort to go down to Sydney and have a couple days there and just tee up a lot of different coffee catch-ups to kind of get it all out in one hit and that really sets you apart from a lot of people too to show your commitment to the job like for instance my job I'm going into I did fly down to Sydney for the night for a networking event they held I stayed in the hostel down the road (laughs) which was so funny (laughs) yeah exactly they don't need to know that um but it was great and I think that really made them realize how like focused I was in wanting that position and that really set me apart but yeah sorry I went on a tangent there back to LinkedIn I do think it is so important and it is a great way to build your personal brand and for someone to put a name to a face because they won't remember everyone they spoke to at a networking event yeah but if you reach out after they might <laughs> exactly and I think even reaching out to people on LinkedIn is amazing um, but I've always encouraged other students to um, add as many people as you like that mm. work in the industry so when I first got LinkedIn I thought is it weird to add someone you don't know or haven't met before but no anyone that works in the industry that you might want to work in uh, future employers anywhere that you have interest in just add those people Um, and even if you don't message them directly if you're posting on LinkedIn about things you're doing at university extracurricular things you're doing they're going to see your name they're going to see your face so that one day if you do apply for a job there they're going to subconsciously think I think I know that person Mm, so it's kind of like putting yourself in front of them without you know, very, very minimal effort. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. LinkedIn, just just go crazy. Exactly. And it's a great way to see um, other people, how they've gotten to the jobs they have. Like if you've got someone who maybe was like, I don't know, three or four years ahead of you at uni and they've got a job that you really want, like what steps did they take to get there? Because that's something I personally did. I looked at who got jobs at investment banks and whatnot and what they did to get there and tried to kind of follow, I guess, a similar path. Yeah, absolutely. And coffee catch-ups definitely was a big thing for mm. me as well. I know that... Um, there was one lady that I really admired in financial planning and she was merging yoga with financial planning and doing all these cool things and even though I knew that she wouldn't have a job for me I just wanted to find out like what's your motivation behind doing what you're doing and um and how can I take inspiration from that so I totally agree with that definitely 
But I also think there's something to be said for making friends with the people that you're studying with as well. 100%. Yeah. Because yeah. even now, about a year or a year and a half after graduating, those people that I studied with are now my, I guess, my colleagues and my, my peers within the industry. So getting to know those people and not just rocking up to uni, doing your work and going home mm-hmm. because you never know who you're going to meet. 100%. And I think uni is so much more enjoyable when you have friends as well. Like I know there's a lot of subjects that were really tough at uni, had to take a lot of work and I just don't think that I would have been able to be as like I didn't even get through them without my friends you know what I mean I just think the support that they provide at uni as well as what will extend into later life as we've graduated is super important yeah absolutely and that leads really well into something that we both have in common that we wanted to talk about things that you can actually do at uni to increase your employability um first of all I think we both agree joining student societies and even getting on the boards of the student societies massive opportunity Mm -hmm. yeah and so many people don't do it and it's so such an easy and great thing to do it's a great way to meet more friends at uni as well because you actually get to converse with other students but it's something you get to add to your resume you get to learn new skills you get to go to all these networking events and meet these people and yeah to think all around it's a huge help yeah absolutely I think for the first couple of years of university I was the kind of person that would just go to class do my work and go home I felt very isolated Mm, mm. it wasn't until I actually started joining the societies I started meeting people and actually made my study easier because you've got other people to reach out to Um, but I think the best thing about being in a student society for me was hosting events Mm. and it confirmed to me that I absolutely do not want to be an event planner because it was very (laughs) very stressful (laughs) but for example we'd host an event that was like a panel an industry panel of people talking and answering questions from students me having that job where I was reaching out to people in the industry saying hey I'm organizing something you already give yourself that sense you already give the other person that sense Mm -hmm. that you're in control like you're you've got leadership skills and you're not just the average student so exactly exactly being being able to liaise with people is, is so important in all aspects of work and life really and I did the same thing like I got myself a um, corporate relations role within one of the societies at uni which meant that I was directly communicating with the HR lady at the place I wanted to work which I think is you know makes a huge difference yeah and you build those relationships <laughs> exactly. before you're even in the workforce exactly they know who you are they've had a conversation with you they're like oh you know you're you're kind of normal I could give you a job yeah <laughs> exactly absolutely I think another um Another relationship that's really great to build is relationships with your teaching staff as mm. well. Um, if you, uh, It's one, one thing to be a good student in general, but if you also make an effort to get to know them, mm-hmm. a lot of employers will be messaging or emailing your lecturers with opportunities. If you already have that good relationship with them, they're going to be you're going to be the first person they tell about that opportunity. So that's also really, really valuable as well. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, I was a bit of a sucker for always doing my lectures and stuff online as opposed to going to a lot of them. But for some of the core subjects that were like, you know, the actual bigger finance subjects as opposed to maybe, you know, your first year kind of fluffy subjects, I guess you could call some Mm -hmm. of them. Um, I think it was so important to make those relationships, especially like with tutors and stuff as well. I mean, if they've been in the industry, they've got some advice to offer as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, final thing that I think is really important to do while you're at university is to apply for scholarships and awards. Um, So when I first saw a scholarship within my industry, I thought that's hilarious. I would never get something (laughs) like that. But let me just apply for it anyway. Totally forgot about it. 
it. Um, and then a few weeks later, I got told that I'd won the scholarship and they were going to give me um, work experience. And that ended up being the place that I worked at for two and a half years. Amazing. Um, so you just never know <laughs> what's going to happen. Yeah. So applying for scholarships, even if you feel like you're not meeting the criteria, applying for awards, applying for grants, doing, I know that um, especially in like the finance area, there's lots of uni competitions that you mm. can do. So just taking advantage of every opportunity at university, you pay so much to do a degree, mm. you might as well milk it for exactly. everything it's worth. Exactly. And I think there is a really common misconception amongst people that people that are involved in societies and stuff like that at uni um, are because they don't need to work while they're studying and that they have more free time. But I've come to realise that a lot of the people that I was working with in both the societies I was involved in, they were also juggling like a lot a full workload as well as uni, as well as that. And I, in my personal opinion, I think you're almost better off if it gets too much for you. I think you're better off extending your degree by a semester or something and doing three subjects if you can't manage four so that you can get so much experience in so that you are more employable and can get to where you want to be because what's the point of focusing solely on those four subjects and being so overwhelmed in them that you finish your degree and you've got nowhere to go. I totally agree. I did my three-year degree over four and a half years because I pretty quickly realised that during four subjects, managing a student society and working part-time was just too much. It's My grades were going to suffer. Much. Yep. Um, <laughs> just, just not sustainable. Yep. So yeah, I definitely think there's no shame in extending your degree Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, making the most of it. For exactly. Sure. And most people kind of get to the, especially if you're doing a three-year degree, a lot of people get to the end of that period and they're like, oh my gosh, that went so fast. Like I'm mm. not even ready to graduate. And you do find a lot of people go back to study honours and things like that because they're just not really quite ready. They just think there's there's more that they need to develop before they go into the workforce. So I extended an extra semester just by because I was working so much that it was just not feasible to do so. So, I mean, don't be afraid to do that if that's what you need to do. Everyone has their own path. You don't have to take the generic three years or four years that you're supposed to take exactly you can, you can do what suits you it's not a race at all exactly um speaking of juggling different responsibilities what was your experience like with working through um university did you have a job did you have internships like what was what was your situation yeah a lot so when i f the first two years of my degree i was actually working um part-time as a travel agent so i was doing that and i was also doing some piano teaching as a bit of a side hustle it's something that i um did throughout high school and in my early years of uni um, but then I then got offered a traineeship type position in a financial services firm, um, which meant that I then was pretty much working full time. I got given a day of, of leave to go attend classes, um, but we were working some crazy hours. Like I would come in after uni and, and work till late. It was something that was made it quite difficult to juggle everything. And that was the period where I reduced the amount of subjects I was doing because it was just totally not feasible to do it all together. Um, but yeah, so I, I did that and then... Um, got a internship in the place that I'm actually going to be a graduate. So I went down to Sydney and did a vacation internship there and then got offered the grad role. So yeah, I've I've always been working at least one, if not two jobs throughout the entire time. Yeah, me too. I think I, when I started university, I think at the time I was working at Dreamworld, best job ever. It was so Love much that. fun. <laughs> um, and although that job was great and I was getting great customer service experience, I realised that uh, although this looks good on a resume, it would look even better if I had a job that was somewhat related to the industry that I want to get into. So I ended up leaving Dreamworld um, and worked at a bank just as a bank teller, mm -hmm. just part time, really simple transactional stuff. But it gave me exposure to finance. Mm -hmm. People were talking about it every day. Yeah, I was just getting that good kind of office experience exactly. that I wasn't getting working in hospitality. Yeah. And that can apply for any industry. I think mm -hmm. if you are studying something in the health field, even just working as a receptionist in 
uh, you know, a doctor's office or something like that. Um, just gives you even a small bit of exposure to the industry that you're wanting to get into. I agree, most definitely. And you do start to learn a bunch of different skills that are really transferable into all other aspects, especially when you do get into maybe something a little bit more office or business based, if that's kind of the field you're going down. Um, because, I mean, um, it's I still think, you know, working in hospitality and retail and stuff like that, you're obviously learning a bunch of customer service skills and whatnot that are super important. Um, but I do think getting something even loosely related to what you're wanting to do, you do just find that you learn a bunch of skills that you didn't. And I think if you get to a point where you're working at a place, maybe you've been like working at a shop for like four years and it gets to a point where you don't think there's much left for you to learn, it, maybe it's time to ask, is, is there something else that you can move on to that's going to actually progress yourself as a person? Because I guess that's what you're here to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I also think with internships, I know for me, when I got off with the internship that I ended up doing, it was only two days a week and it was paid, but I knew I was going to be getting a lot less than mm-hmm. I was getting in my other job. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was like, I've got to just take that risk mm. and, t- and get that experience. And I'm so glad I did because that led to a good career with that company. Yeah. So how did you manage? So obviously you were working when you got offered your internship. Did you feel like you kind of had to pack up your life? and? Yeah, a little bit. Well, the the initial internship that I got that I was working at for the year um, that I was talking about earlier when I um, was pretty much full time, but with the, with the day off during the semesters, which was which is good. That meant I had to pack up and move up to Brisbane. Um, so for me, that was, you know, a, a big financial decision as well, because it meant moving out of home and having to be completely self-sufficient, which I was. And I think to me, that was actually probably the year that I got my stuff together in regards to personal finance the most, because, you know, obviously it's a huge difference living out of home than it is in home. The financial burden is, is quite high um, in comparison. So that is something I had to do. And, and again, yeah, for the internship that I then got after that, it was down in Sydney. So I did have to pack up and do that. But I was very fortunate that that was kind of all paid for and my accommodation was all done. So that was quite nice for me. But I have um, a lot of friends that are in different fields. You know, I've got a friend that's in journalism and a lot of the internships she had, none of them were paid. And mm-hmm. so it can be, I do feel really sorry for people in that position. Like that is, that's tough to have to do free work. But I mean, I guess it's just one of those things that you have to juggle the time with other work to be able to afford your life, I guess. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, let's talk about in general things that you should do in terms of your own self-development. So you mentioned um, when you got that internship, that was the year that you really got yourself together in terms of personal mm-hmm. finance. So I'm sure you agree, but I know for me, getting in control of your money and developing good money habits while you're at uni, while you're on a low income is absolutely imperative to ensure that when you do get a graduate role and you're earning more money, you're not going to just spend it all and not know what to do with it. Exactly. I think understanding your personal finances is like so important and you don't really realise how much of a difference it has in your life until you actually implement it and do mm-hmm. it. Um, it's something I, yeah, I, I started like the classic way reading The Barefoot Investor when I was still living at home and I started to implement a few things but it was nothing crazy and it wasn't until I did that move out of home and really had to get on top of my things that I realised how big of a difference it can have. Yeah, because you hear of people that, um, you know, they go straight from being at university, having no money to having a job that's, you know, over a hundred grand a year. And, and what do you, what do you do with that? If you haven't already developed good habits, having more money doesn't actually mean that you're better with money in any Not way. Not at all. Not at all. It's, sometimes it's not about um, how much money you make, it's how you spend your money, mm-hmm. most definitely. And yes, having a higher income is going to make the world a difference in terms of how much you're able to save and invest. But if you don't have those good habits in place, if you don't understand what you 
should be doing. And if you don't haven't even thought about saving and investing as well, you're just spending all of it. Well, it's not really much use, is it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I also think, um, I know for me, uh, going from university, uh, being the first in my family to go to university, I know Emily, you were too. Yeah. There was almost like a bit of a conflict of, I can't, I, you know, I, I'm at university, I've, I've always had a lower income and now I'm a, a higher income earner. Mm. It's a bit of an identity shift as mm. well. So Definitely. it just makes it so much more important to make sure you nail those foundations before you do get to that yeah, point. Yeah, 100%. And you come to appreciate stuff like that a lot more as well. Like, you know, it, it was tough earning minimum wage and living out of home and all that thing. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners probably uh, have been in or are in the same circumstances. Um, but you do learn things then that you will carry through with you. And then the day that you get the contract for a job that is worth so much more money, you just almost cry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, because you've implemented those habits and you've got those goals and those savings goals and whatnot um, that, you know, it, it becomes a, a part of your everyday life, really. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And we were talking before about how important it is to have clear goals around what you want to do in your career. But we were also mentioning that sometimes you don't know exactly Mm. what the end goal is. I know when I started university, I originally started in a Bachelor of Business and I was like, I just know I like business. So Mm. I'm just going to try this and see what I stick Mm -hmm. with. So I tried logistics. I dropped that. I tried accounting. I dropped that. I tried finance, which is what you did. I thought, interesting, but not for me. Mm -hmm. Picked up financial planning and tax. Great. You're mm. not going to nail it on the first go. Exactly. Um, how did you go? Were you always pretty clear on the finance route? Yeah, no. So uh, that exactly the opposite. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I always thought I would do something more like humanities focused or like law, like I talked about before. And um, for me, it just was exactly like you said, I was interested in like business, just just having some sort of general kind of awareness and knowledge about it. I didn't necessarily think that would be my career choice. To me, it was just like a, I might as well chuck it in as a double degree and, and learn and have that knowledge. Um, but it wasn't until I started studying it. And, and really the big thing was those networking events. It was talking to these people and, and that are in the industry and understanding what positions they had and what was actually available. Like what, I didn't even know what some of these jobs were. Um, and that actually really inspired me to listen to their stories and actually guided me on what path I wanted to take because if it wasn't for that I probably would have been a bit more confused so I guess you know you don't necessarily need to know exactly what position you want but you if you have some sort of idea and you're constantly doing things that are going to give you that clarity mm-hmm. I think that's really valuable yeah and I think what really motivated me was although at the start I didn't know what my end job was I knew what kind of lifestyle I wanted mm. I knew what kind of income I wanted um, I knew what kind of flexibility I wanted so if you can envision you know in five years after graduating what your perfect lifestyle looks like mm. and you can just do things and make small changes and work towards goals that align yourself with that mm-hmm. you're going to find that role that you should be in and you're going to find yourself you know, achieving that lifestyle in the future. Definitely, definitely. We were also talking about um, just in general, I know for me, having something that set me apart from other students, because I guess the way you can think of it is there's going to be thousands of people all graduating across the country with the same piece of paper as you. Mm -hmm. So what's going to make you different? So what was that for you? Oh, look, for me, I think it was that networking aspect that we spoke about. It's the fact is that people, when you go for a job, they can teach you the skills. They can mould you into the employee that they need, but they can't teach you the soft skills. They can't teach you 
to be someone that they want to spend time with in the office. So I think by going to those sort of networking events, by speaking to these people, they're able to see, you know, this person can hold a conversation. This person can would be a great person to have in the office and would add to the environment and the culture. And so, you know, I it's okay. They've got the piece of paper. I can teach them the rest, but you can't teach people that. And I think you know, for people, it is, it's so important who you work with because, you know, we all know that you don't always enjoy your job, but if you've got friends and people that you enjoy working with, it makes your day so much better. So employers and, and people in HR are thinking the same thing. All they want is just to hire more people that are going to maintain that culture and that balance that they want in their office. Yeah, absolutely. And I think depending on what you're studying as well, there's um, a really great opportunity there to be creative in terms of what sets you apart. Mm. So I think in my second year of university, I started a YouTube channel that was um, study tips and personal finance tips because I had to learn pretty quickly how to manage my money. (laughs) No one had taught me that before. So I got pretty good at it. And I thought, instead of just uh, helping my friends individually, I'll just make a YouTube video and pop it up there. And I had no idea at the time how much of an influence that was going to play on my career. So when I applied for that first scholarship, um, they said that the thing that set me apart was the YouTube channel because it was aligned with the internship and they could see that I was really passionate about it. So if you can do something creative or something that shows that you are truly passionate about what you want to do for work outside of work hours, um, that's another really great opportunity as well. Exactly. And employees do love to hear a little bit as well, just about um, your life in general. Like I think uh, talking about your interests and stuff like that is, shouldn't be looked down upon. That should be something that you do incorporate in an interview or, you know, even if you have something on a cover letter that mentions that sort of thing, because it does really add a personalized and like a, a human a feel to your application, as opposed to just being like a robot on a resume. People like to hear that, oh, you know, like I'm really interested in health and fitness, or I love to travel and I've, I've been to all these places Mm -hmm. because it it just makes you know them be able to visualize yourself as a member of their team a lot easier yeah absolutely and let's talk in general about personal development during university like I know for me I knew that university was a rare time in your life where you are quite sheltered you're quite protected Mm -hmm. and the stakes are quite low at university I mean you know you're assuming if you're similar to our age you you don't have a mortgage you don't have kids yet and you have that ability to take more risks Um, so in terms of personal development for yourself during Uh, university how did you approach that I think just stepping out of your comfort zone is so important I mean it's such a cliche and people say it all the time but it's so true if you don't do anything different to your normal everyday life like you're never going to have another experience or you're never going to grow because you're just going to remain stagnant so I think you know sometimes going to these networking events if you don't have a friend you can drag along with you is super daunting like you don't want to go speak to um you know this guy who is you know quite high up in his business and he's wearing his suit and he looks all fancy but you just you have to do that like they're the sort of things that are going to make you grow as a person build get that sort of confidence because I do think confidence in yourself is super important um, t- and does align a lot with your employability because if you don't back yourself, who will? Absolutely. And I know confidence wasn't something that came naturally for me, but I think over time and getting involved in societies and um, speaking to more people, that definitely helped. But also another thing I found that really helped me become more confident was just pretending to be confident. Mm-hmm. Fake it till you make it. That's exactly <laughs> it. If you can walk into a, um, a networking event and channel what you think a confident person mm-hmm. would be like, the more you do it, the more you actually just become that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I totally agree. And I think taking risks through university and trying different things is so important so I know for me especially this year in my career I've taken a lot of risks um, 
jumped jumped around a lot in terms of what I want to do. Had I not established those um, values and, and those elements of myself during university, I probably wouldn't be able to do that now. So if you, the person that you kind of craft yourself into at university, I think is really going to shape who you are in your career in the future. Yeah, definitely. I think it is so important. It's so important to not forget why you're at university. You're not just at university because it's like going to school and you have to be there. You know, you're there because you want to be there. You're paying to be there. And yes, have fun, go to all the parties and have a great time. Like I'm all for that. But I do think that it is really important you also keep your eye on the end goal the whole time, which is you are there to get a piece of paper to get a job. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And I think that pretty much wraps up our tips for today. So Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Um, if people want to get in touch or if they want to find out more about what you do on Instagram or YouTube, where can they find you? Yes, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at emily.ren. It's with a double N and um, same on YouTube. Perfect. Yep. Awesome. And if anyone wants to ask any further questions for either myself or Emily, um, feel free to reach out on azaria.money, but make sure to follow Gen Z Money on Instagram as well. So thanks so much for joining, Emily. Thanks for having me. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Now, if you're listening and you've heard of UpBank before and you want to give them a try and support the podcast at the same time, click the link in the show notes and you'll get $5 in your new account simply by being a Gen Z money listener. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorised representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services licence 451289.